And now, the starting lineup for Inside Slam. At guard, number 11, from the University of Iowa, standing 4 feet 26 inches, it's the man with the smoothest voice in the commentary box, Mr. Magic, Steve Carfino. And at small forward, number 6, standing, well, sometimes because he prefers to sit, Mr. Stats himself, Evan Goldback. This is Inside Slam. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside Slam. This is Evan Goldback, another week from Self-ISO. I'm joined by two absolute legends today. One of them you know obviously quite well, my main man, co-host Steve Carfino. And uh, today we are joined by a very lean-looking Dan Ewing. Um, so obviously I'm used to being the white guy on the show, but now we've got Steve. Steve's the black guy, Dan's the caramel guy, and I'm really the white guy. So thanks, guys, for making me look so bad. Thank you, mate. Thank you for having me on, boys. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to have you on, man. Talking hoops. I was listening to your podcast with Derek Rucker. Man, that was good. Oh, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a while back, actually. I know, man. That it's really funny with Derek because uh, there's a few stories uh, he didn't know. He didn't know me, and I think I was just coming up in the industry. A few, I think it was like an Aria Awards after party. Um, but let's just say Derek Rucker is uh, he's one of a kind. <laughs> he knows he knows uh he's a bit of a chameleon he knows a lot about a lot of sports i hear a bit a bit like me and uh just like steve he doesn't seem to age you guys notice that rucker is always uh he's just just look i don't know if what's what's that old saying steve i can't say it you know? <laughs> yeah i can't uh, say i can't say it but well, once you go black you don't go back right? <laughs> 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 I, I was thinking the other wow. one about the crack the yeah crack, the crack thing <laughs> thanks steve <laughs> So you wow. thought I'd go for right for the one that we're not supposed no, to. No, it's it's I'm really good because sometimes you don't know what podcast you're on, so it's good. Now I know. Yeah, it's, now I know. Now we're on in, like an it's old. It's the Inside the Slam basketball podcast, guys. Oh, Just calm okay, down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so the under the uh, the never aging Steve Carfino, Reggie Miller, and Derek Rucker. Um, so Dan, what's uh? Listen, before we get into it, what's uh? What's been ISO like for you? Obviously, you know. Um, you know, your acting career is, um, you know, it's, it's obviously a bit different at the moment with, uh, you know, a lot of shows stopped, but I mean, give, give us an insight into what's been happening in your world. Well, it's, it's fascinating. I read an article at the start of this thing that people will either put on 10 kilos or lose 10 kilos. Rarely will you sort of stay in the middle. Uh, as you boys saw in the, uh, the celebrity Kings game, I was a little bit heavy. So I, uh, I sort of just got on track. I took 40 days and 40 nights off the booze. Um, not that I'm counting, but I got about five days left um, <laughs> and just got my diet right and just walking, you know, just, just getting out. And I, um, my Instagram's changed from, uh, from sports and basketball. I try to try to like sort of pick a, a nice moment that I see in nature. So it might be a lizard or it might be some trees or, or whatever, just, you know, listening to my audio books and uh, I don't know, just uh, seeing it as a, as an opportunity rather than a, a, a curse. Excellent. Yeah, man. Like, what it was, uh, I just wanted to say quickly about um, with your career, you know, after occupation and, you know, you had the, um, the movies just bang, bang, bang come out. Um, you know, what's it been like, you know, like when you're like on a hot streak, you know, mm -hmm. other, other opportunities come up, you know, where do you go from there? Well, I think similar to a professional sport, uh, momentum is a beautiful thing. And, and and so too, like with your pay, because you can be bang, 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 and it might be nothing for a year. Uh, your pay might be these lump sums. You got to be good at saving. 
Um, but I'm, I'm very lucky. I've got another three films in post, a big Paramount movie called Monster Problems coming out. Awesome. Uh, another one for Lionsgate and then a really sort of artistic uh, Aussie one that's almost more European. But um, it's really good. It's really good, man. You've just got to stop and, and, and have those moments, you know. So in, in, my, uh, in my downtime, apart from uh, my guilty pleasure of basketball, just hanging out with my son, you know, just getting him on weekends. And you certainly appreciate those smaller moments when you're not seeing them as much. You know? So lots of bike rides. Lots of games. They, the kids love this Minecraft thing at the moment, whatever that is. Um, but yeah, just that sort of stuff. Yeah, I actually, I had a go at the whole game thing. I was like, yeah, I used to be really good at GoldenEye like 20 years ago and I still play a little bit of NBA 2K. So I thought I'd jump on uh, the whole Call of Duty, um, like it's Modern Warfare, it's like, you know, play against all these other players. As soon as I'd land, I'd get killed by like a thirteen-year-old. I'd be I'd be getting teased online by eight-year-olds. So I was like, I'm giving up on this. They're just they're too savages good. too. The, the savage. internet is un- sorry, boys. I've just uh, just had about a million things pop up. Just so popular. Um, like it's amazing <laughs> the the keyboard warrior thing at the moment. And obviously, I see that online. It's it's amazing. This uh, it's it's very scary. I mean, connection is is great. I mean, thank goodness for Zoom because we can still talk on on great uh, podcasts and forums like this, or you can, you can talk to your, your aging grandmother or, or, or I can talk to Archie every day of the week, but it, it does give people that, uh, that opportunity to sort of hide behind the keyboard, which is, uh, yeah, it's not great. Absolutely. Um, in regards to, you know, keyboard warriors and everyone having opinion, the big thing at the moment is, and obviously we're going to both, you know, we're all going to be excited about this, but obviously there is talk of the NBA coming back. But how mm. how it comes back um, is obviously the big question. And there's been lots of different rumors about, you know, they may have a, um, a, a, a mini comp to kind of sort out who the playoffs uh, seeds are. Um, there's talk of they just already have the they will set the seeds as is as, as in the um, you know the top top eight is set on East Conference. But Steve, just want to bring you in here. So you know, are I, you guys even talking about video games anymore? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I, we'll, I don't play them. We'll, by the way, I just <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back, Steve. We'll bring you back in. Um, what uh, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts? As in, obviously, they can't do a full season. You know, it's going to be shortened either way. But what are your thoughts on? you know mark cuban's idea or this playoff idea or this kind of mini comp within a comp to to work out who the seeds are uh yeah that's a good one i think that which whichever one you pick uh there's always going to be criticism that you know something else they stick that's the alternative that they came up with um you know there's going to be criticism criticism coming from every direction but um, you know, when they think about it, whatever is fair and just, and, and then when the playoffs come about, you know, the best team will prevail because it'll be, um, you know, best of seven series. But what maybe just made me, what I'm thinking about, not so much of how they go about doing it. Did you guys see Sean Kemp, that, that picture of him in a, in a Magic's jersey? He looked like he was about 350 pounds. You know, and I've, been, <laughs> I haven't seen that. I'm just, I think it's on bar stools. I'm just envisioning what some of these guys that aren't great in the off season, what they've been up to during oh, isolation. Joel Embiid. What? He's going to be huge. He's, Mate, uh, he's on the Dan Ewing celeb game diet. Let me tell you. Um, it was like Lamar Patterson without the touch. Yeah. I think it's an interesting op- opportunity that NBA have got here, right? I mean, look, I think Steve hits it on the, on the number. With you know, opinions are like uh, assholes, as the great John Casey said. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my Instagram. That, uh, 
away. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, there's an iconic moment in uh, in Australian sports that Steve was involved with, and uh, the Steve Steve Carfino shocked face um, says it all. But just look it up. Uh, John I'm Casey. Pull it up right now. Uh, <laughs> um, Look but at, I think look it up, a great opportunity. A great, great opportunity because I, I, I started thinking when I was looking at the different formats and the bracket system, uh, more similar to college. I started thinking, you know, what they did with the All Star Game, you know, with that points differential and all that sort of stuff. And you got to remember how boring the first few rounds of the playoffs are. Let's be real, right? So if there's an opportunity to do something different, maybe it should be, should be explored. I don't know. You know, would it help uh, spark interest or passion in this weird time? Maybe it's a great. COVID is a great opportunity to try something new. Well, I just want to run something quickly by you guys. So they talked about the NBF playoff seedings, not talking about conferences. So if you did, yep. if you did just team, the number one team in the whole league against the 16th team. So you'd have the Bucks against the Magic. You'd have the, but think about on the other side. So obviously the, the number two seed would be on the other side of the draw. The Lakers first round against the Nets. <laughs> and Kevin Durant could be back. What a what a blockbuster that could be. Wait, I don't know how this works, guys, but I just I've got it right here. Oh, whoops. Oh, oh. Uh, one of those other apps open. <laughs> Your face is the best. It's just like <laughs> What's the rule on those live on those live crosses? Don't look down at yourself on the screen. <laughs> it's like that's like that's better than the Jordan crying meme. That's great. Oh my goodness! You know, I thought you know because he didn't do that in the rehearsal, of course, and so I was just sitting there, just um, you know, waiting for you know my bit when it comes into a two shot. And so when he said that, you know, like so many things raced through my head. I was like, uh, I thought this was live. Oh my God, we're on! Oh, am I in a two shot? You know, like. <laughs> And what year was this, Steve? Because like today, it's like, you no, know, you still wouldn't get away with it. But like, what year was this? Oh, roughly? John Casey got really hammered on this one. I, I think it, he had a hiatus from Fox Sports after that. Yeah. <laughs> in, indefinite leave. <laughs> you know, oh, John is such a professional guy. Oh. I was so shocked when all that went down because he was just, he just went, I, I don't know what possessed him to think that he could get away with that, but I'm one of those television moments I'll never forget. It's yeah, like- it, it felt like it was one of those uh, trying to negotiate a, a higher fee moments and it didn't come through. So I was like, well, cop this. <laughs> it's Once like I realized I was in a, there was a one shot and they hadn't gotten to me yet. I was, try, I was, I then I was, I was startled. <laughs> then I was like, I was surprised, startled. Then I started laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. And then I had to pull myself together for the two shot. It was hilarious. Great. Do you guys remember, I don't know if you've seen it. It's uh, it's kind of a bit of an Australian newsreader folklore. And the guy's talking about the ashes and he's talking about the urn. And he's he's the sports guy, crosses back to the newsreader. And he's like, yeah, so who knew something, you know, so small would would be so significant? And the girl looks at him and goes, well, you know a lot about that. Oh, take that. On take air. That. And that. then goes to a straight face. In other news, and it was unbelievable. <laughs> you have to look it up. Yeah, That's clearly great. she didn't care for him much. Yeah, exactly. Bang. Drop the mic. Drop the mic, indeed. Indeed. But, um, I mean, do, do you guys think, if do you think Kevin Durant will be back this year? Why? Yeah. You know, they rushed him back early last time. Sorry to interrupt, Steve. Um, 
I think he's like, think of the mind games there. Like he came back early. Did you really think they're going to, and he, and he got hurt, you know, season ending injury. It's almost uh, a, two season it's almost like, a year yeah. now though. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like I'm sure he's itching for it, but I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it, it's literally in June, it's, it would have been 12 months. And then, mm. I mean, it's, he's passed his normal recovery time. So well, he, he will be, you know, that normal recovery time for that injury. But Steve, what I'm do you think, think? I know it's not the same thing, but I always think I, I'm thinking of it as like a comeback, you know, like mm. boxing comebacks, you know, comebacks are rarely any good. You know, I wish even the great Michael Jordan didn't come back and play for the Wizards, you know, as yep. I look at last dance and how special that was for us to see and be a part of all that um you know the background of, of the championships that were won the six uh so i i yeah i don't want him to come back i didn't even want him to come back in that series an achilles injury and you know our players you know ever the same after an achilles injury i mean if anybody can adapt their game it would be a six 11 shooting guard with a seven foot three wingspan. I'm sure that he's got some adjustment in his, in his game. He doesn't have to be the quickest, doesn't have to be the strongest, doesn't have to be the fastest and still be effective. But, you know, for maybe one of the most dominant guys from the perimeter um, that we had the opportunity to see him at his best, you know, I hope he gets close to it. And I think the solution for that is definitely don't rush him back too quick. And you're going to think, I mean, He's not running into any slouches here, right? If KD is on the court, you're not, oh, he's just back from injury. Let's take it easy on him like it's your buddy at local comp. Like he's arguably the best player in the world, yeah. right? So what do, what do you think is going to happen? You know, and the Lakers are, the Lakers are going to want to get that series done and done quick. They're not going to go easy. I don't know. It's, uh, I just think the mind games of, uh, I, I'm sure, you know, all the protocols have been adhered to and the, he's playing contact, but running into the, the Lakers with all that length, that they're going to throw at him. That's a different base altogether. Oh, what a story! What a story would be though. What a story yeah. would be. I mean, I mean, to be honest, the Nets got a good team. They've got plenty of cap space as well, uh, so you know they can rest him for this year and really go go hard next year. There's talk of uh, you know Giannis not being at the Bucks forever, possibly going to the Western Conference. I mean, we uh, as you saw, you know, each year the whole league changes. You know, a couple of years ago, you had a, had a couple of different powerhouse teams. You had, you know, you had Jimmy Butler at, at Philadelphia. He leaves. You have, um, you know, the Warriors together. And obviously, Kevin Durant jumps across to the Nets. LeBron's at Cleveland a couple of years ago. Now he's at the Lakers. It's This isn't like the league it was 20 years ago when you're like, okay, Malone is going to be with the Jazz. Jordan is going to be with the Bulls. Elijah one's going to be with the Rockets. And a couple of pieces are going to be added. Each year, it's been bang. Let's let's start again. It's almost every year. It's going to start again. So, yeah, I think the Nets are playing uh, the long term game for that. I think at the beginning of every year, I am nostalgic and I'm like, oh man, gone are the days when you could identify with a team and know the core group of what that team was going to be and just dream about, you know, the Bulls in the '90s. And it, you know, I, I think that I just I love that era. But then as the season starts to unfold and I get a little bit familiar with these guys on various teams, it's super exciting. I mean, <laughs> it is so much fun to watch. There's so much talent all around the league and halfway through the season, I'm over it every year. I just <laughs> complain about it for the first couple months. And then once I realize who's on what team and who's hot and who's not, I'm right in the conversation, just like anybody else who loves to watch NBA and the way that they play and at the standard that they play. Um, you know, it's just fun to watch. I think you're right, though. Everyone feels like a journeyman these days. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
And, you know, I'm a, I'm a Spurs supporter, so obviously that's a whole different thing. But look at the Wildcats in our own backyard. The reason why they get 14,000 people into Perth Arena, obviously the, the office does a great job, but it's because they have the connection with the players. You know, and sport is narratives. Sport is storyline. So if you've got a guy who's played for eight clubs, it's, all right, cool, he's talented, we'll go and watch him. But at the end of the day, he's just going to be the blurry thing running around on the screen. They love Damian Martin. They love Jesse Wagstaff. They love Sean Reddick. You know, it's... It, Oh, they love Bryce Cotton, which we can get to another time. But he's re-signed it, three years. Yeah. Oh, they, those rules changed real quick, didn't they? Yeah, real quick. Real <laughs> he's quick. on the same. De- he's on the same deal. It's got to be the same deal. Look, <laughs> we think you guys can renegotiate. Yeah, just- <laughs> that's oh, good. Yeah. But that's, uh, yeah. that's true, you know. And and Bryce Cotton goes there, and that whole team and that whole community, they all love one another. So here's a new guy that gets thrown into the mix. He loves it too. You know, it's a great environment to play in. Even if you're a new guy that just gets accepted, you want to come back. You know, I can't think of a franchise that has their imports back like the Perth Wildcats do. Wow. And no one is bigger than the organization. So like I, I mentioned the Spurs, uh, the New England Patriots. Like love, love them or hate any of these teams. No one is bigger than the organization. Yeah. You know, and look at the success. It's simple. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. Uh, obviously, you know, just talking about that Perth Wildcat situation. Um, let's talk a little bit about the NBL because it's kind of an interesting topic. Because last year, in my opinion, that was one of the greatest seasons of the NBL, and it would have been amazing for it to finish, uh, you know, without COVID and you know the Kings and Wildcats fighting it out. And obviously, I've got my opinion on on the the Wildcats being given the title. You know, I think. Uh, I think it was a little bit of an injustice for the Kings not to be able to, at the end of the day, no one had won at home. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very kind of interesting decision to give it to the Wildcats, but we can, you know, talk about that all day. But Andrew Bogut, obviously saying he's not playing for the Kings. Um, the NBA, obviously stepping up massively uh, with the pay for the G League, which really hurts the Rising Stars program. Um, Steve, what, I mean, what do you, where, where does the NBL go from here? Do you think they're going to be okay? Well, you know, they've got a good, you know, Larry Kesselman is a, he's a great businessman. He's extremely passionate about it. And anytime, you know, any business that is going to survive the situation that's been thrust upon us is going to be somebody who has been able to adapt. And I think that Larry and the NBL are going to be one of those companies that does that. But, you know, it's going to take a hit, you know, like um, it's going to take a little bit of vision. Uh, to bounce back, I think that they have to be flexible. They just can't make a decision and just say, "Look, we're going to stick with it, whether it works, you know, works or not." I think that that's what the NBL uh, will continue to show that they're flexible and will make the best out of a situation. This is no surprise that the NBA was like, "We can't have this happen to the best players from college going over to Australia, leaving, leaving America, leaving college basketball, and we may not may never get these guys back." You know, so or they, they, they had to do something. It was so, a quick wake up call for them. And, and to be honest, it just showed they could have been they could have done this five years ago. And the NBL basically just kicked them into gear. Yeah. Just forced their hand. Yeah. It's clear as that. Yeah. It's a it's a testament, though, isn't it? To where the NBL is. I mean, you can people can whinge and cry all they want. You know, if these guys have just done this. But it's a reactionary thing because we were so disruptive in that market. Oh, you know, man. and obviously the NCAA is a whole different thing. Isn't it fascinating, though, that like within a couple of years of this Next Stars program, um, this occurs? I think it's uh, to, to talk about the Next Stars thing. I think it's going to it's going to have to get back to its essence, 
which is it's not draft and stash guys as much as i love Didi, you know i i thought that was a little interesting you know compared with when the, you know when the next stars thing came out you're thinking kids right high school phenoms um or, or guys who 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 weren't in college um i think it's an interesting opportunity now because the top guys are all going to go and take that program and go to the top schools now we have an opportunity to see some real real youth talent come come to australia and play against men so i think it, it could be getting back to its essence rather than the the business structure that seemed to turn into last year oh yeah dan yeah. isn't it really isn't it something that how people just thought i remember when i first came here if somebody played college ball they were going to make an in immediate impact mm -hmm. league. when the andrew vlahoff came from stanford and went straight to the perth wildcats i think they put him on like 90 grand first year he comes in he's a, he's a significant part of their organization. He's in the starting five. You know, Andrew Valhoff's a great player. I'm not trying to take anything away from him and saying that he couldn't do that in this era. But just because you played college ball, now this is a man's league. This is a world-class league. This is somebody that if you can make the roster and make some contributions, you know, straight out of college, then you've had a pretty good season. It's really changed a lot. No, I, I agree 100%. And I think it's also, we see these guys now, I feel like when I was growing up, it'd be, you know, uh, it's the NBL. I don't know how to say it. it's like slightly less athletic. It was a little whiter, you know, let's be honest. So the, they get these guys from college who are just <laughs> so fast. It's true. Like, and they're just not, they weren't used to playing against these guys. So they might, the college guys might've had a higher, uh, uh, a more significant impact early on. Yeah. But now it's like the, it's like, just look at what's happening with the Olympics and the world championships. It's, it's now the the gap is closing. The USA is still the. It doesn't matter what anyone says. They are still the best team in the world if they put their best guys on the floor. Yeah. But we we see these guys coming now. We see the guys coming out of college. Doing your research is a bit easier. And the yeah, it's 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 funny how it's sort of the basketball landscape is starting to sort of gel. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And especially on the world stage, you can see the best teams in the world are really close. Like Spain is close to the US. I mean, Australia is up, up on that level. Mm. Um, you know, you've got the Serbias of the world, the Argentinas. There's not much difference. It's not like it was in 92 and 96, D, where the dream teams were blowing everybody up by 35 points. But I want to talk about Andrew Bogut because, you know, it's an interesting, obviously, uh, you know, to hear that he's not retiring. He's not, obviously, he's playing for, the, he's not playing for the Kings, but he's not retiring. And he dropped a few hints that we all suspected last year where he wasn't fully healthy. He said, I want to get the body right. And all year last year, he looked like he was kind of limping around and hobbling. But um, do, you, do you think we'll see him back? Um, Dan, I know you're close to uh, the guys at the Kings. What are your thoughts? I'm not, I'm not sure, to, uh, to be honest with you. I think it's extremely smart and it's kind of indicative of him, him as a businessman and as a professional. Um, uh, not to name names, but people who, you know, <laughs> I think it's all a bit of flavor of the narrative who say, oh, Bryce Cotton's coming back. So Andrew Bogut ran a mile. It's like, come on, man. That's ridiculous. Come on, it's like, okay, the guys. Corey, Co Corey Homicide, stop smoking, bro. <laughs> Get <laughs> off the weed. There's a few. I think it's the WA. I feel the WA media as well. But it's like, okay, let's be real. NBA Hall of, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, number one draft pick, played with NBA Hall of Famers, NBA champion gazillionaire right and let's be and he's 30, 35 36 do you really think he gives a shit about the two guard from the perth wildcats you know a guy with all due respect he's a gun in this league and i love bryce cotton who hasn't mainly play, uh, played at the nba uh, at a consistent level like bogut has do you really think he's think you know he's got his wife and two kids what's bryce doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> not at all you know like anybody that's had a conversation with andrew bogut realizes that you know, Andrew Bogut is is different. 
you know, like he, he just dances to his own beat. He's, he evaluates, he's, he's an intelligent guy. Uh, he makes decisions. He, they're well thought out. Um, you know, he, he gives you a little, but not a whole lot. You know, I'm not even sure if any of his teammates have been to his house. He's a very private guy, you oh, know? Yeah. So um, I've got all the respect in the world for him. I think he's a, a tremendous player. He's been a great ambassador for basketball. Um, you know, whatever he decides to do, whatever makes him and his family. And I think that that comes into it now. These circumstances have really changed the outlook on families. You know, like I've never, boy, these dogs are exhausted. They're getting walked like three, four. Times. <laughs> yes. Just... <laughs> the kids take them, the mom takes them, the dad takes them. They do it as a family. You know, there's just families playing in the park. And, you know, that was something that was uh, brought out throughout his, um, his words when he talked about his retirement or his, um, stepping away from the game for momentarily. He's, he said a couple of times to spend time with his family, get reacquainted with his family, um, spoke of his wife and his children. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I can't be happier for people that who seem to transition from their professional life, which let's face it as an actor, Dan, you know, you have to have some kind of special, unique, almost unhealthy competitiveness to succeed at your craft, you know, and Andrew Bogut is that, and to be able to transition and have a life to run alongside of that or after that, you know, is really something special. Well, and it just like, then there's all the other stuff with his, you know, his management deal and uh, uh, with the Kings and all that sort of stuff. If he comes back, I, I would just assume it, it's, it's, I don't think he's going to another NBL team. I don't think he's going, well, I might just head down to United because the rest of my family's in Melbourne. Um, I think it's, it's, it's just smart. Like, it, you know, he's in a different landscape. You got to remember, he doesn't need to make, just jump on board and make these decisions. You know, they'll find room. It's like when Dom Cooks came back um, at the uh, expense of Kwani Kwani. If a good enough, a good enough player is there, they make decisions and, and, and make room. So, you know, I think he's just being smart. Like no one knows what's going on. <laughs> no one has a clue what the hell's going on. So he's doing the smart thing and I'm not surprised in, in one bit that he hasn't retired. And I'm, I'm also um, not surprised that he, that he, um, that he didn't commit. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, you know, he's just taken the, the time out for himself to make that right decision. Mm -hmm. Obviously being on a podcast, you know, we don't, we got, don't have people in our ears telling us what to say, so we can go in any which way we want. Um, Steve, you touched on something there I want to ask Dan about. So, you, you know, there's you have that act, actors and sports stars. Sports stars and actors both have that competitive drive. And if you're a sports star, you're kind of used to success. You're used to succeeding, especially if you're up that uh, on that upper level. But kind of no matter how big you get as, a, as an actor, Dan, you know, there's – it's got to be – you've got to be mentally tough to go through roles and – uh, consistently go to auditions and I mean it must be tough because you know you might get a, quite a lot of rejections before you actually get something can you tell us talk us through that sort of mindset because a lot of people I guess they're expecting on their first audition to get it and obviously that never happens so it's kind of a different mentality to a sports star in, in some way it's uh, to, to keep it quite simple, like there's always going to be someone more famous that's the that's a horrible way to put it and actors don't like talking about fame but like if it's, it's people have to remember it is show business, right? Show business. Same as a sports team. If you can get Casper Ware or Bryce Cotton for the same price as someone else, you're going to take those guys, someone of a sort of lower stature. Um, and studios, studios are no different. Like if, if they can get Chris Hemsworth uh, for around the same price as me or, or, or someone else, of course you're going to go with Chris Hemsworth and just how it is. They're always going to want the best player or the best actor 
for uh, for that role or, or for for the team. Um, it's all about it's all about your your inner um, inner inner language to yourself. I think as an actor, when you're first going through, it's rejection is hard because it's like it's if you you know when you go to a normal uh, job interview and you don't get it, you might go to say three or four and kind of sucks. You're like oh, I really wanted that one or whatever. That is an actor's life. Yeah. Right. That and that's it. Yeah, you might like so. I've had a really good run, but there's still been roles like in the in the US that have been like, oh, I wouldn't mind that one. There's been good stuff here. There's always a, a, that. That's just the nature of the beast. There's always going to be stuff that, that is you there want one that, that sticks out in your mind that you were like, I really wanted. Um, it's funny you said the the first audition when I first came off Home and Away. Uh, there's a show called The Kingdom. Um, it's like a UFC thing. Yeah. My very first USA audition. And I got a callback straight away. And I was still in Australia on Home and Away at the time. Um, it did the callback. Sort of you, rec- you record your, your callbacks on a, on, a, on, a, on a tape. You just have someone else reading for you against a, a black background and off you go. Hmm. Uh, and then, I was, and then the, the casting director is like, oh, the, the director wants to Skype you. And, I, and I'm like, I'm pissing this in. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> this American stuff. <laughs> have a chat, have a chat, blah, blah, blah. And then up going with a guy, I forget the actor's name, uh, but he just done Friday Night Lights or whatever. We almost look like twins. And that's just the nature of the beast, you know? But the, the interesting lesson is it's like I went almost 10 weeks without getting to that level again. Right. You know? But I was, it's like, it's like if you're gambling and you win the first night sort of thing. But you can't, I, uh, to, to put it in a nutshell for you, you can't have your happiness based in someone else's decision making right you cannot because you're just setting yourself up for a fall yeah. of course you're gonna you're gonna invest your time and emotion and put the best your best work forward when you're auditioning for a role or having your meeting or what have you but at the end of the day it's sometimes it doesn't go your way you know there's ethnic quotas you know they have to have a white guy a black guy an asian guy a girl this hispanic yeah. lgbtqz you know like this yeah. this is just it's just a, it's a business you can't it doesn't mean you're bad right unless they say that was dog shit we think dan could have done a better job <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes it's just it's a, it's like fit. It's like a, it's like a roster on a sports team. So it's just okay. We spend a lot of money here. Your quote is this. If you're not willing to this, it's like it's just there's too many moving pieces, and you you lose your mind if you if you just don't have that 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 true vision of who you are and um, that that self confidence. So basically, what you're saying to me is that you know keep the uh, you know keep the confidence, keep swiping right, and somebody will eventually match with me. Somebody. <laughs> Someone, I mean, I, I feel bad for you when you post those photos. If it's just you and your basketball hoop in, uh, and I won't say what suburb you live in because you might have stalkers, but they've <laughs> taken the hoops off for you. And it's just so sad every time you take like a photo a week. It's like the, the tear running down your face. I know. You know Actually, the sympathy vote's good, man. Good. I don't tell you what, though. <clears throat> there's some, the way, there's there's some good news coming. Stalkers out there. He lives in Zetland. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Throwing me under the no, bus. I, I, I don't want to get left out of this conversation. But Dan, do you think that your experience in the industry has has built you to that um, to have that resistance, to have that thick skin, to have that outlook on life, or do you think that you started off with a set of you know, that thick skin or not a set of thick skin, but you know what I mean? You started off with that type of personality to be able to just have things bounce off of you. You know, for me, sporting wise, I always look at things that like a baseball analogy, a great baseball hitter in the major leagues gets three hits out of 10. So what is your mind doing to you on those seven at bats when you don't get a hit out of 10, you know, like, um, 
you know, so I always try and say, you know, like when something doesn't work out for me, I'm not working on a three out of 10 thing, but I'm just going to say, what does this say about me? How am I going to handle this disappointment when I have those seven at bats where I don't get a hit? Great question. I think it all depends on what your your mental world's doing. As I said, you're in a language with yourself. So if you're, um, you know, so if you're going through a divorce, you haven't seen your kid or whatever, which uh, as much as you want to, which, which I've been through, I'm sure you've been through it too, Steve. Uh, Ev's probably been through it about seven times yep. with all his, uh, you know, he's working on it. With my hair. Um, yeah. And then you're naturally a bit more vulnerable, right? Because you're like, oh, I just want to hug my kid. I can't. I said this, it's like, this is happening here. So you've really got to have everything. And it's not just, it's just your head, your heart, your emotion. Everything's got to be, got to be working in unison. So that, yeah, that, that internal language is just so important. Or you can just punch the shit out of a, a, a boxing bag. You know what I mean? Like Ev does. That's psycho. true. I do. <laughs> Hey, I'm trying to I'm trying to encapsulate uh, Mr. Mike Tyson. He's he's giving me some inspiration. When's your when's your title fight? Who you, have you got? John Hopalade or like Paul Gallen or one of these? Yeah, I'm going against Gallen. Going against Gallen next next week. Um, guys, just um, we've got to kind of wrap it up quick, pretty quickly. But before we do, um, obviously each week we are doing a Mount Rushmore. Uh, last year, we, last week we had the Boston Celtics, which is which is a tough one. But Dan, you get to be part of this week's. Uh, which is the Charlotte Hornets, obviously a, fr- a franchise that hasn't been hasn't been around for long, but probably one of one of the best. I'd say one of the be- top five all time jerseys. That ninety three oh, yeah. ninety four jersey, awesome. Always always in fashion. But um, Dan, you're the last you're- Evans. The last week we're Boston Celtics. This week we're Charlotte. Right. So that it's like being from Melbourne when you go there and they're like, oh man, the weather was great yesterday. You should have been there. Yeah. <laughs> The sorry, best part about sorry the, to our Melbourne the, listeners. The best part about the Charlotte Bobcats was it was at the was at the, the the Giants the Melbourne team stole their uniform. That was the best part about the Charlotte Bobcats history. <laughs> oh my God, the Bobcats! <laughs> um, well, listen, I'll, Dan. I'll, I'll listen. We all get four. Uh, Dan, I'll, I'll let you. What we're going to quickly do because we're running out of time. Yeah, cool. You, you be... just say your four, Steve. We'll go to your four. Um, I'm guessing right. we're all going to be fairly similar because obviously not much to choose mm-hmm. from. But Dan, I'll let you take it away. Uh. Uh, for me, two two uh, history guys start Del Curry uh, and Muggsy Bogues because of the 93, 95, 97, 98 championships. And this is about history. Mount Rushmore is about history. And Del Curry gets extra points for his um, his elite DNA. Um, <laughs> okay. And then I, I was I was toying with Larry Johnson and Gerald Wallace. I'm leaning towards uh, Larry Johnson. Yep. Uh, but Gerald gets slept on and Campbell Walker because just you know, statistically look it up. You so, know. So and, you- uh, Nice. I'd hate to see his chiropractor bills because he carried that franchise for a very long time. So we got Larry Johnson, Dale Curry, uh, Muggsy Bogues, and Kemba Walker. Kemba. All yeah. right, nice. Steve? Okay, I'm going to go with Glenn Rice because Glenn Rice was a legitimate scorer back then. And I thought he was very funny on the last dance when he was talking about, you know, I knew we were in trouble when BJ started staring Michael down after he hit a game winner. So that was hilarious. <laughs> Muggsy Bogues because he's five foot three. Yeah. I mean, and he was, if you were guarding him and if he was guarding you in the backcourt, you just passed it to the next person. It didn't matter who you were. So defensively, he just kind of changed the game. He was amazing um, at that size. Larry Johnson, because he was just a grandmama, six foot four and a half and dominating, just dominating, just a straight up country brother, just doing his work. Love that. Short career. I thought like it's a shame, you know. Oh yeah, know. Got that in, got that you can't be six foot four and dominate inside with a bad back. So yeah. that's <laughs> career. Um, plus, he had a great commercial when he was grandma. Oh you know, yeah, and, 
Absolutely. Yeah, big commerce. Uh, and Alonzo Mourning, there is no one he would not challenge when they were going up to dunk. He got dunked on more than anyone because he challenged more dunks. And what a great, great defensive player. So his, name, my- his name popped into my mind, but I just kept thinking of his heat, Miami Heat accomplishments. I didn't really, it's like, you know, Baron Davis had his best all-star appearances with Charlotte, but he's kind of known for that We Believe team and yeah. the Warriors. You know, it's yeah. worth, yeah. Plus we're talking about Charlotte, Dan. No one really cares. Look, that is true. Well, listen, I'll, basically we're all saying the same ones. I mean, mine are pretty much straightforward. Um, I've got, uh, so I've got, let's bring it up now. So Kemba Walker is, is, is in my Mount Rushmore. Um, I've got Cody Zeller, Malik Monk. <laughs> I'm not even going to argue with you because we're talking about Charlotte. Uh, and Miles Bridges. No, no, no. I, my, my four, I mean, it's, there's about six guys you could choose from. I had um, Kemba, uh, Lonzo Morning. Larry Johnson, and then the, it was a t- it was a tough choice. I ended up going with Curry because, uh, like Dan said, the DNA um, it's just obviously very very strong. The force is strong with the uh, with that family, but yeah, it's a, it's a bit thin pickings for the Charlotte Hornets, I must admit. But uh, no bad. Yeah, yeah. Kem- Kemba Walker though is uh, you know he's he's definitely been a shining light for them, and um, you know gave it gave a lot of good years for them. Dell Dell gets slept on, you know, because of his more uh, famous son. But you got to remember, it's like say so his highest games played. I think he's got the highest amount of twos scored. And you know, like the they're they're not a great franchise, but he him and Muggsy were part of the 93, 95, 97, 98. So you got to think, you know, they're not hanging a lot of banners, <laughs> but it's you got that that history. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was leaning towards Dell. Well, hopefully Michael can turn that around. That's the only thing he's kind of failed at is being an owner. But uh, can you say MJ? Can, can we just include MJ because it's such slim pickings to say MJ? Yeah, not as an owner. well. <laughs> d- to be honest, he's definitely not on the Mount Rushmore the way he's run the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the rundown of the things that we spoke about on the show. Thank God we had Dan on the show because the rundown was thin. Yeah, it was thin. It was thin. It was it's thing. because Ev- Ev- Evan was playing soccer today instead of getting on the basketball court. Uh, you know, his, his yeah. mind was in different places. That's the whole point about a podcast. We can to- talk about whatever the hell we want. But um... <laughs> all jokes aside, I just really enjoyed um, looking at the actor's perspective on different things. That was, that's really good stuff. Thanks, Dan. Well, you know, mate, you 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 belong in in front of the camera. You know, if uh, we might have to do like a reel, you know, like a Carfino's. Yeah, you know, you know who has a really funny acting reel? That Wayne was Wayne Daniel, Wayne McDaniel. Oh yeah, <laughs> Talk, he like he like he's one of those dudes. If he, like he always pops up on in American movies and like the you know the general or something. But you can he just loves it. He'll just lean, you'll see him leaning into other people's shit. <laughs> he's a good man. I'll have to give you my uh, I'll give you my accent reel, Dan. If you know any, if you know a good agent, I'll just I'll get my accents across. So yeah, mate, I'll uh, I'll, I'll make a call. Yeah, make. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, guys, uh, thanks again, um, obviously, um, you know, for jumping on. Steve, um, go work on your golf game. Um, Dan, there's nothing much you can work on at the moment. You're looking like a fine specimen. Good luck with, uh, you know, all the additions and uh, the movies that are that are coming out. Hope, you know, hopefully, you know, that's uh, all goes really well for you. And, yeah, we uh, we hope to see you on the show extremely soon. Thank you, guys. And I just want to say, uh, on behalf of all the, the hoops junkies out there, thank you because it's not like you guys are getting paid millions of dollars for this. Maybe Ev is, is and he's embezzling it. Who knows? But it's I think it's it's so important to keep the hoops chats alive. And uh, 
and you guys are such a great podcast to listen to. And um, I spent many hours listening to your dulcet tones while I'm walking around Sydney. So thank you guys. Anytime. Right. Anytime. Thanks, Thanks guys.